Wow. Thank you, Lord. How many are doing good today? Wow. Thank God for his word. He's doing some great things in the nations, and he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Father, thank you for the help of the Holy Ghost as we communicate a message that will bring life and health, Father, to all our flesh. I thank you for the will of God. I thank you for the purpose of God and the plan of God in every life here. And Father, in these days of deception, I thank you, Lord God, this church will see and know the perfect will of God. The eyes of their heart would be flooded with light, and there'd be such clarity, Father God, that they'll not go off path. I thank you. Your sheep hear your voice, and a stranger's voice they will not hear. We thank you for it now, because whoever finds God finds Wow, a stranger's voice we will not hear. You know, I, I just feel the scripture so strong in me with these series. Above everything you do, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. One translation says this is where all life starts. Out of this center of you, your heart, are the wellsprings of life. And so I started this series and talked about who told you that? And it brought me back to Genesis. And I think I read that scripture in the beginning, but I think Genesis 3.3 describes it best. Is God tells us, you have all of these trees that you can eat. He said, but of this one tree, don't touch. And we know it is what? The knowledge of the tree of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't touch that. All these, yes. All this, one, no. God gives us choices in our lives. He tells us that, that here's life and here's death. Choose life. And so the Word of God tells us that we know the story, that Adam and Eve ate us out of house and home. They got booted out of the garden. The serpent said to the women, ye shall not surely die. I want you to see this because Satan has no new tricks. Whenever God gives you the truth of his word, Satan wants you, number one, to question it. Number one, does God heal? Does God save? Is there a hell? I mean, the devil would love you to believe there is no hell, and then send you there, right? How many believe there's a hell? There's a deconstruction of the word of God today. We don't know if hell's real. Maybe it's a fairy tale. Maybe it's a fable. I can tell you hell's real because the absolute truth is, is formed in my belief system through the basis of absolute truth, which is the Word of God. And so when you hear these words, listen, they're the words of the serpent, the deceiver, ye shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be open and you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the food, that it was good and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat it and also gave some to her husband. We get down here to verse 9. It says, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him. And how many know he's doing it today right now? He's calling unto the man. He's calling unto the head of the home. Hey, where are you? Adam, where are you? Hey, where art, where art thou? Remember, you were created for relationship to walk with God in the cool of the day. Where are you? He said, listen to this. First time we ever see this word fear in the Bible. He said, I heard thy voice in the garden, 
and I was afraid. The first time man heard God's voice, and it brought fear instead of love, because perfect love casts out all fear. He says, and I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. He was ashamed. And then here's the question that God says where we got this serious. And he said to him, who told you you were naked? You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have heard that from anybody else. Who told you that? Who told you you have to live in not enough? Who told you? that you were born the wrong gender? Who told, who, 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 who told you that? Who told you that you had to end up getting a divorce? Who told you that you're not enough? Who, who lied to you? And so when I look at this, I go, well, wait a minute. So there's an interesting thought that these two trees in the garden that you pull out of one, there's a a choice of victory in the tree of life, a new nature, or a voice of victimization in a fallen nature. So today, as I present you life and death, victory and death, or victory and victimization, it's very interesting. Victory or victimization, because I really believe this day, when you talk to a, a psychiatrist or a counselor, sometimes they really want to hone into what your self-talk is or what's in your heart or what's in your conscious. They want to find out what you're telling yourself. So the Bible tells us in Romans 12, don't be conformed or fashioned to the spirit of this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because what you put in your heart or actually what you put in your mind habitually ends up in your heart. So if you're putting the word in, if you're putting the anointed word in, the truth in, the absolute truth on who your identity is in Christ, on what you believe, on what God's word says, out of your heart will flow issues of life. If you're putting the wrong stuff in, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, uh, a darker day, no hope for tomorrow, what, what do you feed your spirit? What do you feed? Because out of death, out of your heart will come death. So when I looked at this, I thought, what tree? We talked about that several years ago. What tree are you eating out of? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You must have a steady diet to win in these last days of absolute truth of the word of God. Because Satan wants to pose a question and he wants, as the word says, there are many voices that be out there. And none without significance. How many know when you look at an image, you hear a voice? When you look at someone's social media, you hear a voice. When you look at how many thumbs are up or how many thumbs are down, you hear a voice. When you look at a significant situation or an insignificant situation, your predetermined heart will determine whatever's been put in, how you visualize your cups half full or your cups half empty. So now God says, as, as the psychiatrist would say, that's your self-talk. That's what are you telling yourself? I'm telling myself what the word says. Well, the doctor said, the word says I'm healed by his stripes. I refuse to believe anything else. The word says with long life I'll be satisfied and show his salvation unto me. That, that's all I, I, I can believe. You know, I told my wife, if I believe it's for me, I can believe it for my dog. 
I looked at my dog. I said, well, them, them beautiful golden doodles at certain ages, they will have problems with their back legs. That's part of the Labrador retriever. I bind that, Stu, right? I, 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 I was saying this morning, this dog's legs are strong. He can jump high, man. He gets right on that bed. He, without a, like, 17-foot high. I don't know. I'm, I'm exaggerating a little. This dog can jump. But, but I'm saying, I'm realizing, you know what? With long life, he'll be satisfied. How many know it never hurts to speak the word? And so I always ask the question that you say that the, 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 the mind is the devil's playground. No, no, no. The unrenewed mind is the devil's playground. So when I look at this, I go, today, I want to help lift you to another level of those words that have been spoken over you or about you or around you or lift your self-talk to a place where you can understand what God's called you to according to his word so that you can live in the power of God. Now, let me give you a quick preface because the reality is faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So your mind has to be renewed to what God says. And when you continue in my word, you will know truth and the truth will make you free. Now, let me give you a quick instance because life and death are in the power of your tongue. Say my tongue. I was talking to Bill Winston one time uh, in California at Keith Hershey's missions conference. And we sat at the table for three hours and we were talking about these thoughts of the faith of, of what we speak and what we say. He said, you know, Pastor, I went to a place in Africa one time. When I got off the plane, I asked him, I said, I said, what's the, this, this is an interesting little community here. He said, I'd like to know, what's the populace? And they told him, and he said, and what's the income level? And they told him, and they said, what's, well, how many children per capita? And they told him, and he said, and what's the divorce rate here? And the translator looked at him and said, the divorce, what's that? He said, he started looking up, and his his little tribal language, he said, uh, he said, it's when a married couple splits up, it doesn't work out. He said, and they, their family's separated and it dismembers the family. And he said, oh, no, 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 we don't have that word here. He said, well, because we don't have that word here, there is no divorce. <laughs> he said, really? He said, no one's ever separate. No one's ever separate here. He said, because that word speaks of there's an option so if there's no option for divorce, there's no divorce. How many know if you don't speak that word in your marriage, it's not an option? Can I have an amen from our marriages? Now, there's no condemnation if you've walked through that, and now you can go for the will of God and say it's a new day. But if there's not a word for that, if you keep saying that to your spouse, hey, if you keep doing that, I'm going to get a divorce. You keep planting that seed. Guess what's going to come out of your heart? A divorce. You keep planting the seed of we never have enough, we never have enough. You, what's going to come out of your heart? Not enough. So we were having a great time last week. I left the church. man. How many enjoyed the next-gen service? That was so powerful. Man, we have some of the best next-gen. I said, I'm happy to be step aside now and just be a cheerleader for the next generation, man. They're awesome. They get it. Amen. So then when I looked at this, I went, I want these two guys. Are you guys here? Where's Marcus and Khalif? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Come up here. Come up here, in fact. Did this guy do a killer job? And dude, I'm jealous of the hair, man. Get on the one on each side. Come on. Give it up for these guys. Now, listen. 
so 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 we went to dinner. We went to Moe's, right? We good. chilled at Moe's. It was good, right? Oh, yeah, Sorry. So we were chilling at Moe's, had dinner, and we came home, and I thought, here's the deal. There's a guy named Judah. I met a guy named Judah, and he's a brother up here at the other bathhouse, and I was like, hey, man, this guy just spoke about uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. And I said, guys, come home from me after, after we hang out at the house, and then we'll go talk to Judah, and we'll bring him to see you guys get baptized, right? And they were like, that's cool, man. We're down with it, Pastor. So I said, hey, man, we had a good dinner. The dog was running around. I said, why don't, why don't, we, why, why don't we swim? And I said, why don't we just chill out and swim for a little? We got three hours, right? And I said, I said hey, I'm, I'm, let's go swimming. And, and what'd you say when I said, let's go swimming? I don't know how to swim. And what'd you say? I, I said, I kind of, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what that does to a pastor that's full of faith. I went and got draws, right? I got him Judah's draws. I got him Gabe's draws. And these guys had draws on. And I thought that my wife's like, you better be careful, man. You can't leave them. They're by the pool. What if they're? And I said to him, I said, did I say this? I said this. I said, get in. This is three foot. I jumped in. I said, listen, start to swim. And I said, I'll never say that again, right? Yes, never say I can't swim again. Say I can swim. I can swim. Can you still swim? I can still swim. Can you still swim? So, so, so I said, Try swimming like this. And your pastor got in and started going. I said, grab the water. And I said, kick your feet. And he just swam off. And then he just swam off. And I said, if you feel like you're drowning, just put your feet down. Right? Go sit down, guys. Give him a shout. So, so, so I'm going. I'm going. I'm looking at him the rest of the day. I said, I said just don't ever say it again. He said, he said, well, I said, who told you that? He said, my aunt. She said, y'all black people can't swim. <laughs> what about you? My mom told me black folk can't swim. My grandfather said black folk can't swim. I was with a Puerto Rican lady telling this message the other night, preaching on a Wednesday night, and the lady said, that's me. She yelled out, I can't swim. <laughs> My mother said, never go near the ocean. There's riptides. You're going to drown. And she sat there shaking just because I was talking about the boys could swim. Everyone, I break the curse, everyone say, I can swim. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what size you are, what age you are. Everyone that can swim, lift your hand. We do not want anyone at Grace Life not able to swim. Jim, can you swim? Okay, we want to make sure everyone can swim. I don't want my child walking around the pool and they can fall in. Hey, hey, after 20 minutes, these guys are doing back scratches they're doing cannonballs. They're, I'm like, these guys can swim their whole life. But everyone say, I can swim. You see, you are trapped with the words of your mouth. You say, I, I never have enough. My marriage isn't that good. I can't swim. No, no, you can swim. You can do the will of God. You have the mind of Christ. So your words place you into an arena of victory or defeat. Your words, not mine. Your words. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Listen to what it says in Proverbs in the message. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Words are poison or fruit. You choose. Your words, your words are poison or fruit. You choose. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Some will say, I can swim. 
Well, wait a minute. My mom told me. My, who, well, I don't care who told you what. My dad told me, you, you always live like this. You always be part of the, part of the union and, and never try to do anything else. You get a retirement and you get a benefit, and they'll just keep you in a financial prison for the rest of your life. And but, but because they have benefits and because they have a, a little bit of money, they'll hold you to this level of limitation and you'll never be able to break that limit because you say, I'm not dependent on the Lord. My mom used to say, since my dad worked for Ford, she said, Ford is not your Lord. Especially for you, bro, because you like Chevys. But anyway... My, my father, my father, she would, he would say, I got to get the overtime. I got, I got benefits. I got, I got, and, and it was like, no, no, we got to trust God. We can't live in this limitation of I can't swim because every time water shows up, you're fearful. So the mayor, I met with the mayor and he said, you ain't going to believe what just happened. He asked us to go to San Juan with him to stand against. He said, we're ejecting abortion from the island. I said, yes. I said, we're doing the same thing in Pennsylvania this year. We're sending it somewhere else. CRT somewhere else. Transgender education is going to another state, not here. Because why? It confuses people. It makes them victims. Say, I don't know if I like that. Well, it's the truth. The truth will make you free if you continue in it. So I go, well, wait, 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 Lord. So he said, the mayor looked at me and he said, Pastor, he said, this whole thing was a lie. I don't know what happened in Pennsylvania, but in Puerto Rico, it was a lie. I said, how do you know that? He said, because I talked to the governor, and he said, this year, and I said, how many people have died this, this year of COVID? He said, the exact same number as last year. And he said, he looked at him and said, it's fake, isn't it? They, just, they didn't change the number. They kept it the same. But he said, we don't know of any people that died that much in the, in the last year. But they keep saying the same thing. How many know people want to put you in bondage with your words? Your life is a product of what you said yesterday. Your marriage is a product of what you said yesterday. Your finances are exactly what you've been saying all along. Poison or fruit. So I, I, I wrote this in my notes and I said, man, let's look at, let's look at Gideon. Because Gideon went from a victim to a victor. See, God is, the, the very essence of who God is in Jesus Christ is he calls things that be not as though they were. He speaks of non-existent things as though they already exist. He says to darkness, he calls light out of it. He says to nothing, something. He says to, to dirt, be. He says to animals, be. He just, and then he makes us in his image and his likeness. And he tells us, you're called to be a victor. You're called to be an overcomer. You're called to be more than a conqueror. You're called to be the healed and not the sick. You're called to be the blessed and not the cursed. You're called to live in more than enough because I'm the God of more than enough. I'm Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee. So I look at Gideon's life, and he's the one that went from a victim to a victor. Judges 6 says it this way. And you'll see this pattern of the enemy because he'll tell you you can't swim. He'll keep telling you you can't swim. I say go swimming every day. Come to my house and we'll swim till it gets cold. We, we, we'll swim. You, you, you're a swimmer. No, you can't. No, break the curse of that word curse that's been spoken over your life. Whatever the word curse has been spoken over you, you begin to believe it. And the problem is you begin to say it. I can't get free. I just pastor. I just, I just my father drank. 
and, and his father drank and I drink and I just can't get free, your words trap you. Pastor, I just can't set down the heroin. It's too addictive. Your words trap you. You have this, 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 this voice, self-talk on the inside of your head that speaks, I'll never be free. I'll never be free. And you say, hey, I like doing what I'm doing. I don't want to be free. So Gideon said, there came an angel to the Lord. He sat under the oak, which was at Oprah. It says, and pertained to Joash, the Abizurite, the son of Gideon, threshed wheat by the rind press to hide from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and he said unto him, this is a word to the grace life men, for the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. I'm going to stop there. How many believe that? Well, that wasn't really good for the base section. Let, let me say it again. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. I'm going to say it one more time. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. How many believe that? Yes. Now, now, wait, stop. You can get that victim mentality. Not with me, Pastor. I'm telling you, everywhere I go, God's with me. People getting saved in the car. People getting prayed for at the car check out at Go Like a Pro National. The Lord said, get out of here. Get on the plane. I stopped. The Lord said, minister this guy right now. I said, what's up with you? Do you know Jesus? I just took, what, two minutes, babe? I just laid hands on him. All these people were running around. He started weeping. I said, God said he wants to bless you today. I want to give you a tip, and God's doing something in your life. I know. He just started crying. God said, just do it. Follow the Holy Ghost. Some other guy, the Lord told me, just bless him. And, and I'm thinking, man, how many know you're speaking to people's future? I said, let's prophesy for a little bit. Let's prophesy over people. Let's speak a blessing over their life because this, the, this is the currency of the kingdom. Positive words. How God does what he does is relationships and words. And so I look at this and I hear this guy go, well, you know, the Lord's not really with me. Gideon said unto him, oh, if the Lord be with me, then why has all this befallen us? Victim, I can't swim. Pastor, I'm not getting in that pool. What if, what if Marcus said, I'm not getting in the pool, man. <laughs> I can't swim. No, I said, don't ever say that again. I break the curse. Any word spoken over you, the best swimmer on the planet. They started partying. And where be all the miracles that our fathers told us saying? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. See, that self-talk is God's not with me. God's forsaken me. He's delivered us into the hands. God turned us over to our enemies. He said, wow, who told you that? Who told you that? That fills you with unbelief. What do you believe about yourself? And here Gideon goes on. The Lord has looked upon him and said, go in my might. Thou shalt save Israel. God gives them a positive word, right? You'll save Israel from the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? I can't swim. I can't swim. No, you can swim. You just need someone to give you permission. Men, you just need someone to give you permission to say, you're a man, you're a leader, you're a giver, you're a tither, you're a pillar in the church, you're a great mighty man that knows how to lead your wife, you're the head and not the tail, you're above and not beneath. Now rise up and do it. No, my marriage sucks, Pastor. Man, things aren't real good financially. I don't know what's going on in the economy. I've watched the stock market. No, no, no. If God is for us, who can be against us? How many believe that? You got to get that in your heart. God's for me. I'm going to win. And all I do is win. How many believe it? 
So look, he starts making excuses. I'm the least in my father's house. Wherewithal shall I save? How can I do this thing? Behold, my family is poor. They can't swim. They're in Manasseh. They don't know how to swim. He said, I'm the least in my father's house. I can't swim. And the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Wow. This guy was treading out wheat in a foxhole, just getting a little, a little bit for him. And the angel of the Lord shows up and says, you're a mighty man of valor. You're, so now he goes from victim status to victor status, all because of what he heard and what he believed. How many are ready to do that? All be, no, no, how many are really ready to do that? Man, sit up and act like it's the will of God that this is the greatest thing you're ever going to hear because this is the faith that will transform your life. In the last days, people are falling off the wagon, man. Well, pastor, is that the word of faith? Absolutely. Read Romans 10. This is the word of faith that we preach. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation unto a joyful life. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life, young people. Jesus is still coming back. The will of God's still going to happen whether you feel it or not. Say, well, I'm caught up in some stuff right now. Now's the time for urgency. Now's the time to fulfill the will of God. Now's the time to stop being a victim. And say, you know, say it out loud. I'm a victor. Say, I'm an overcomer. I know the will of God for my life is to win. But you know what? This guy had an, what did he have? He had an identity problem. What, what if I gave in to the lies of the, the teachers? I came home from first grade. I couldn't see the chalkboard. They said, you have a learning disability. So they want to pronounce a curse over my life. And for a couple of weeks, I had extreme headaches. I couldn't see the chalkboard, so I couldn't read. I couldn't see the book. And I went home. I told my mom, I need to go. Well, you know, again, we're for doctors, but she was like, you go back to school, you have the mind of Christ. I was like, huh? She's like, you can do all things through Christ your strength. And it'd stand at the front door at Claymont Drive and walk up that big hill to William Penn and down that other hill. And she'd say, you say every day I have the mind of Christ. I don't believe that for one minute. Then they found out I needed glasses. And then they found out my vision needed to be corrected. How many know you got to stop accepting what someone else says about your life? They'll put you in prison. People say, well, you, doctor comes and says, you know what? You got a little ADD, HZ. I need to just get, you know what they do today? They give you meds. You work with a lot of those people. They just give them meds, don't they? They drug them up. They give them meds. Here's some meds. You have anxiety. You have anxiety. You have anxiety. Now what they're doing in our system is the Bible says your identity is when you're born again, you look just like Jesus. You share inwardly his likeness. You're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Everything's become brand new. Now they're starting to tell these little precious babies that are five years old, maybe, listen, a teacher, a lady just testified in California. She said, I was groomed to be transgender. She went to court about it. She said, they groom me and start putting into my mind, you, you're probably not a girl. You, 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 you probably have attributes of a boy. That's just, just that thought, just one question, just one thought. You're, you're, you're start to act like a boy, start to talk like a boy, start to dress like a boy. So then she came out and said, wait a minute. 
How many know when the light of the gospel comes on, God made you either one or the other, a woman of God or a man of God? Pastor, be careful. You might step on somebody's toes. No, no. We might pull somebody out of the deception and the lies and the bondages. It's some crazy teacher pulled out a curriculum by a socialist communist government that's trying to inject our people with crazy lies. And then they believe those lies. Maybe I'm not a boy. Maybe you a boy. God gave you a pee-pee. When that doctor pulled you out, when there was three months, they showed on that sonogram what you had or didn't have. That's how we determine gender. And it's a holy thing. I call you out, governor. It's a holy thing. God separated you. God separated you from your mother's birth. I'm glad Joey's not wearing a skirt today. There'd be some awful looking legs for a woman. Big old. Hey, hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny, seriously. This is sad we live in this day where they're ramming it down people's throats and God's up there. And you know what we're doing? We're questioning everything God wrote about identity and the devil's putting a little question mark in a little boy or girl's head. Hath God said? He doesn't need, he doesn't need to lie to you. He just needs you to question it. He just needs you to question, hey, am I really? And then the devil will do the rest. And he'll start saying, yeah, man, you, you haven't always been able, to, been able to hang out with the boys in sports. And, you know, you did like this better and that better. You are kind of him. He'll start speaking lies to you. You start believing those lies. All of a sudden, you'll be in a foxhole hiding out saying, I'm poor, I'm broke, I'm sick, I don't have enough. I'm just staying in the foxhole. And you know what God's saying? Mighty man of valor, mighty woman of valor, mighty person of power, mighty, per- come on, that's who you are. What God said you are, you identify with him. But then I looked at this next one and I went, wait, 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 wait. So that's a situation where identity is so important because God's not, so, so, so to believe that about yourself means this is the worst part of it. God was confused when he made me. God was confused when he made me. Isn't that stupid? God wasn't sure. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to leave your birth certificate open in some states till you get to the time you choose who you want to be. No, no, baby. God chose you. God knew you and formed you in your mama's womb. All the days of your life were written in a book before you ever lived one of them. How fearfully and wonderfully you were made, embroidered together with God's purpose. Someone say, I can swim. Let's look at number two. The number two is some people that are believers go from victim, excuse me, victors the other way to victims. You can be a saved, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. You get caught up in some kind of gossip. Thank God for a no strife role at this church, amen? Thank God for great life groups at this church, amen? Don't miss signing up for one. But I was thinking about this. You go from a, a victor, you're walking in the blessing, and you go to a victim because of what you heard. See, if you have anxiety, you need pills. Who told you that? If you're diagnosed with this disease, you need this. If you have that, you need this. I can't function without this. Satan loves to put labels to steal your life, to separate you with anxiety and isolate you with fear. First King says it this way. And Ahab told Jezebel all Elijah had done. 
I was, I was studying this three days ago, and then I listened to a, a, a podcast about it. But before I even thought about that, I thought, this guy did such a great feat. This guy was on fire, Elijah. He called fire down from heaven. You know the story right before this. He called fire down from heaven. He said, come on, prophets of Baal. I'm going to show you who my God is. And they called down fire all day and nothing happened. And he said, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, answer by fire. And the fire comes down. It licks up the fire. It licks up the stones, the water, the sacrifice. There's a big hole there. And then Elijah grabs a sword. He runs down into the valley and he slays 800 prophets. He slays 800. That's a busy day, isn't it? He cuts the head off 800 prophets. And I, I'm telling you, his chest probably out. Look what the Lord's done, man. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's like, and, and the Bible says it's getting rid of the rain. It says that this guy, the Spirit of the Lord comes on him. He outruns a horse. I mean, if you can outrun a horse and, and all this stuff's happening, this guy's he's anointed man of God. He's stewarding his, his, his finances. He's stewarding his anointing. He's stewarding his influence. You know what all that's for? You know what God gives us all this for? When I come back from Mission Field, I'm broke, man. I give everything away. I give my heart. I give my anointing. I give my money. I give my clothes. I want to give everything. I want to bless them. And so when you, when you look at this, you go, you go this, guy's, this guy's in this place where he's, he's exhausted. He's killed all these prophets. He's done the will of God. But listen what happens real quick, and this will help us too with life groups, I believe. Listen what this guy says. He says, Ahab told Jezebel, what I just told you, all that Elijah had done. And with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword, and Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more. Also, if I make not thy life as one of them by tomorrow about this same time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. He came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and he left his servant there. He says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came and sat down under the juniper tree. He requested for himself that he might die. Suicidal spirit shows up. And he said, it's enough, O Lord. Take my life. Am I better? Am I better than my father's? And as I lay and slept under the juniper tree, the angel of the Lord touched him, and he said to him to rise and eat. What's the rest of the story? The rest of the story is so sad. This highly anointed, empowered man of God got one word spoken to him. Jezebel's after your life. Tomorrow this time, you're done. You know what happens when you do that? That happened to me one time. And it, it, it got me in fear. I seen trucks following me home. Some guy lied about me. And he said, I'm going to have you and your family killed by morning. It was kind of connected to the mafia. And it was a, a lawsuit situation that he... He, he extracted all this money out of our gas meter, and, and we had to pay for it. How was it? I got, I got that same fear. Jezebel's going to have your head by tomorrow. This guy ran in torment. But you know what? God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And if God's for us, who can be against us? But there's a couple principles I really think I want to see here. Because I thought back, when do you get these kind of chaotic, fearful when you believe these messages, number one, it's because you isolate yourself from truth and you isolate yourself from your life group. You know what? I never know anybody that has healthy community that wants to kill themselves. I never know somebody that's in a healthy life group. 
And, and you say, is that important? Hey, fellowship is important. Proverbs 18 says, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. You say, hey, pastor, I'm too busy this season. God says, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. If you isolate yourself in this day, he said, you need to come together more and more as you see the day approaching. I'm good. I got fantasy football. Scratch that for a little bit. Come do the will of God. Iron sharpens iron. The countenance of a man sharpens another man. What if Elijah had someone to grab his arm? It says he went a day's journey alone. And he started doing self-pity stuff. And he told it four times in the scriptures. I, only I, am the only one left. Hear that? Like a little baby. I'm the only one left. And God says in the scriptures, there are 7,000 prophets that haven't bowed to Baal. What are you talking about? But he isolated himself from iron sharpening iron. He isolated himself from his fellowship, his koinonia. He's, Joey's at the next level. He's going to the next level. Shane's going to the next level. Pastor Matt's going to the next level. We're going to the next level. And you're saying, I can't swim. I can't come to life group. I can't swim. You know what? Every time I'm exhausted from stuff, I do stupid stuff. I say something stupid to my wife. Come on, admit that, man. I might say something dumb to my kids and have to apologize. I told off this board that was, was doing something one time. I, I flew all night from China, and at the end of it, I was up for this position in another state. And I said, why don't you guys just grow up and act? And, and, and I said some pretty stupid things. But I was up all night flying like 24 hours. I was, like, I was exhausted. I was just being honest. I told them they needed to grow a pair. <laughs> like I said, who are you to talk? I, I said, man, I'm sorry. Seriously. But what they're doing is not right. And, and I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like, when you're exhausted, what did he tell him? He said, he said, look, he said, I want you to go sit down by a tree. Don't kill yourself. I don't want you to die. You're going from victor status to victim status all because of one word you heard. I'm going to kill you by tomorrow. That changed your whole destiny in ministry. One word. Can I tell you one word from God can change everything? One word. One word that I give you permission to swim the rest of your days. We're going to the ocean. You guys are coming on a mission trip with me. We're going to go out. We're going to laugh at the devil. We're going to swim. Your aunt's voice, she's a beautiful lady, but y'all can't swim. It's dangerous. Y'all going to drown. That's the spirit of fear. Someone shout, I can swim. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You said the black man can't swim. The white man can't dance. I'm evidence of that. But I say, I, get, I was at a wedding the other night at the Le Mans. I'm like looking over. I'm thinking, hey, we're going to the dance floor. My wife's out like this. And I'm like, oh, God, I look like Gumby on the dance floor. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to dance. I just kind of, I stay there, put her, my head on her shoulder, and I just walk back and forth like this because I don't, I don't got any rhythm. Well, I've been speaking that for years. Of course I don't. The mayor went next to me. He said, come here. Let me teach you salsa. He started going like this and moving. He's going, he said, it's easy. Just move like this. And he goes to me. He goes, you can do this. And then he goes, boom. He knocks me over. He goes, you need to retire from salsa dancing. You're too stiff. Come on, I'm serious. If I won the dance, I'd dance, but God doesn't need me. Well, I'd dance before the Lord. 
and my linen ephod with all my might, but you don't need to see that. But if I set my faith to dance, I don't need to dance. People say, why don't you just believe God for more hair? I don't like doing my hair. You know how long it takes my wife to get ready? What if I had pomade like mad? I'd be there for 34 minutes. I get to heaven, they say, you could have won souls to Jesus. You were four hours a week on your hair. Say, I can swim. Listen to what he says. Oh, Lord, take away my life. Signs of chaotic situations happen after huge victories. Watch out. When you're exhausted. God says, listen, listen. You know what God's telling you to do? If, if you have a spirit of anxiety and you're going from vic victor, the victim, stop it right now. Get some rest. He said, he said, get some rest, sit under the tree. I want to take my life, Pastor. No, 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 no. That's a lie. Whatever that person spoke is a lie. It's a lie. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. God's going to turn everything around. I've been in some chaotic situations. God turned them around. I just keep counting my victories. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's nothing too bad for you to go through that God's not with you, will walk with you through. He's for you. If he's for you, who can be against you? He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Holy Spirit's with you. Don't isolate yourself from people that love you. Don't, don't wear yourself out and you're so anxious that you don't get any rest. And then he said, I pray, Lord. I bake him a cake. Arise and eat the cake. That gives a scripture, Rachel. Bake a cake and eat it. It's scriptural. Bake the cake, eat the cake. It says a curse of water. Drink some water. What he's saying is get refreshed. But the sad thing about him being a victim, I believe, is that he told him, I don't think his days in ministry were finished, but he said, go anoint Hazel. Go get the king of Syria, pray over him, and anoint Elijah in your stead. You're done. Because of one word that he heard, he turned into a victim. This is an important principle in the will of God. Who told you that? Jezebel? Did you hear what's prophesied about her? That dude, Jehu, rolled into town. He said, that woman's evil. Throw her down. They threw her down off the balcony, and he said, the dogs are going to lick her blood, and the prophecy was fulfilled. It's how you deal with a Jezebel spirit. In the name of Jesus, you stop it. That control, that manipulation, those lies, stop it now. In the name of Jesus, you have authority to stop that right now. So finally, a victim, a victor goes to victim. And then people that are blinded to the truth can't really see that are lost. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 says, even if our gospel message is veiled, it is only veiled for those who are perishing. For their minds have been blinded by the God of this age, leaving them in unbelief. Their blindness keeps them from seeing the dayspring light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the divine image of God. For we don't preach ourselves, but rather the lordship of Jesus Christ, for we are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness is the one who has cascaded his light into us, the brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. 
Lost people haven't heard any good news. They can't see it. They remain victims. They remain people that don't know how to swim. Wouldn't it be sad? Have you ever saw a person drown? Wouldn't it be sad? Like the one guy that told the story. He said, I took my friend, I took my, my young son and his friend. I took him sailing, and all of a sudden we got into this huge storm. And I knew his, his, our neighbor, his best friend for years, and the boat capsized. The storm got worse and worse. I had one life raft. He said, and I looked at my son, and I saw him fading away into the waves. And I looked at my neighbor's kid, the lost kid. I watched my son go under the water, and I threw the neighbor's kid, the life raft, because I knew my son knew Jesus. And he grabbed it and pulled him in. And when the guy told this story, he went up and told him, he said, I don't believe anyone would ever do that. He said, sir, I just told that story because I'm the son that was rescued. What if people are drowning all around us? What if we pull the victim card? I, I can't make it to life group. Pastor, I can't make it to church. Can't be a tither. I can't swim. I, I, can't, I can't prosper like God asked me to for his purposes. I can't. It's just been so hard, Pastor, in my marriage. It's just been so hard uh, in lack and so hard with my anxiety, so hard with my, my, my family upbringing and so hard. And, and God says, stop saying I can't swim. Just say, I can swim. Because there's lost people that are dying, and they can't even see. They can't even see the truth of the gospel. And then God says, Chris is the light. Suzette's the light. Joe's the light. Jim's the light. Rachel's the light. Jim's the light. Can we get off victim status and say, Father, not only can I swim, I'm going to teach other people to swim. Not only can I swim, I want someone else to get in the pool with me. In fact, I told them, let's jump off the deep end. Let's go out in the deep. Let's launch out into the deep. Let's do something that seems impossible. What if we would be those people that say, well, pastor, you can't, you can't ever plant a church in that nation. We did it. You can't plant a church over there. We're doing it. You can't plant a church in Spain. We're, we did it. You can't plant another church in Egypt. We're doing it. You can't help those people over there. It's too far. See, what God wants to do today is lift the limitations that are in your mind that are telling you you can't swim, that are telling us we can't. Ready? That are telling us I'm get, it's getting ready to happen. You're going to watch the faith of Grace Life Church and Jesus. We're going to flip. I preached here 26 years almost. This is going to be a red state. Now, that might not be a big deal to you. I come from Oklahoma. I'm from a red state. Her, her best buddy, Kevin Stitt, is the, is the governor. She went to high school, went to prom with. We know Kev. You know what Kev said? Kev said, no more abortion in Oklahoma. Yeah, people hate him. There's no more abortion in Oklahoma. No CRT in Oklahoma. No more Chinese buying property, 200,000 acres. And nope, no more of that. No more of that. No more of that. No more evil. No more. We're, we're praying people here. We don't want that here. And then people, people have this victim mentality. Be careful, pastor. God said, I'm looking for someone to change and rebuild Jerusalem. He found Nehemiah, cupbearer of the king. I'm looking for someone to change Israel and save their lives. He found a, a 
a beautiful queen named Esther. You see, your mind limits you from the limitations. I believe the prayers we've been praying the last three years are states turning. I'm not Democrat, I'm not Republican, I'm not independent. I vote strictly on the values of the Word of God that's absolute truth. And I want to see my state be a state where they don't kill children. I want to see it a state where righteousness prevails. I want to see where righteous men are in authority and the people rejoice. I want to see it where jobs are created. I want to see where prosperity is and peace is so we can keep preaching the Word of God. How many want to try it another way? I've been all over China. It's difficult. How many want to preserve some freedom? How many want to preserve some faith? How many want to believe our prayers can avail much? And Guess what? Guess what? Well, Pastor, you really think you're... Wednesday, you watch when we talk to that governor in our church at the North Campus and get it educated on what his values are. You got to vote your values. You, you, you have a... You have to go do something about your faith. Faith without works is dead. You gotta stand up for something or you fall for anything. Who does that? The church has been victimized. And they've been shouting, I can't swim. And God's saying, Open up now your eyes. Open up your eyes. Open up your eyes. Open up your eyes. And you know, some of the selfish Christians in America, all they care about is living good. I've been to many nations. Nobody, 90% of the people in the world aren't living good at your standard. I'm not here to live good. I'm here to take as many people to heaven as possible. Come on, say amen to that. We're here to draw closer together day by day. We're here to challenge each other and sit in a life group and say, iron sharpens iron, that if Joey's doing the will of God and Josh is doing the will of God and Matt's doing the will of God and JR's doing the will of God and Samson. I'm going to do the will of God. Or you can choose to live in the victim status. And I choose to believe your identity is right here. And I'll pray for you and let you go. Right here in 1 John. I love this. This is where all my identity is attached to. It's not attached to a, who licensed me, who ordained me. It's attached to whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? He that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Question. Would every head be bowed and every eye be closed? Today, you have a choice. You can drown or you can swim. You can swim or you can sink. You can be born of God and become an overcomer. You can be born of God and you can win. You're not going to win separate from Jesus. Whatsoever is born of God, five and a half years old, in 1972 and a half, I gave my life to Jesus. I didn't know everything and I still don't know everything. But I know one thing, that day I became a winner. I was born of the Spirit and born of the water. Jesus came into my life 50 years ago, and I've never been the same.
not because I'm so good. It's not because of my works. It's because of the love of God. It's because of that overcoming spirit of the Holy Ghost, the greater one that's inside of me. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. God's calling this church to a whole nother level. And right now, God might be calling you to go from victim to victor, from sinker to swimmer. And all you have to do is say to God, you died for me on the cross. You shed your blood for my sin. You went to hell for me. You rose again on the third day. Today, I'm going to call you son of God. I'm going to call you my Savior and Lord. And it's going to change the trajectory of my destiny. With every head bowed and eye closed, you online, as I'm praying, today you say, Pastor, today I want to I want to go from victim status to victor. I want to go from drowning in eternity, not knowing Christ, to knowing Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to be made right with the Father today by the finished work of the cross. I want to call on the name of the Lord as my Savior. Pastor, today, when we pray in 15 seconds, pray for me to know God through Christ in a personal way. That's me. Just shoot your hand up real quick. Say, that's me, Pastor. That's me. Just pop your hand up in the air. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else? Just pop your hand up. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Somebody else? Just say, Pastor, you're just going to sit right where you're at with God looking on. Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. This is a holy time. The Holy Spirit's pulling on your heart. You say, what's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Thank you, sir. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit's when he's urging you and nudging you, saying, today's your day of salvation. You say, I'm, I'm not about that. But you just humbly yield, say, change my life. Save me now. That's you. Put your hand up right now. Say, I want that. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. God's working in you. You online, pray with us right now. And let's all pray this prayer out loud. Say, Father God. Come on, everybody. Father God, I believe Jesus is my only hope. Today I call on his name. I say he's the son of God. He shed his blood to forgive all my sin. And I accept him as the sacrifice for my sin and my salvation. I decree with my lips, Jesus Christ has forgiven me. And today, he's my Lord and Savior. Come on, give a shout if you believe that. Listen, before I leave, if you're in this place, just right there where you're sitting. If you say, Pastor, I hear what you're saying, but I've been struggling. Maybe some insecurities. Maybe with a word curse. Maybe with patterns in my life that are holding me back. I'm not sure what it is. Just with every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm leaving victim status. I was born to win. And today, if someone's spoken, yours might not be, I can't swim. Yours might be something totally different. I don't care what it was. You've got to have, you've got to have arthritis because your grandma did. That, that's just a word curse. You've got to have alcoholism in your family because it's in your veins. It's just a word curse. And it's easy to break. But every person in this place that says, Pastor, whatever my can't swim is, I'm getting free from it today. Put your hands up right now. Whatever that is. Not enough. Born in poverty. 
Your children won't serve the Lord. Whatever it is, put your hands up. Your marriage sucks. You can't get along. Whatever it is, Father, look at them right now, holding their hands up. Look at them right now. These are your children. And I decree over them they can swim. And whatever their swimming is, I decree they're going to another level. The word curse over them is broken. I thank you, Father God, that nothing can hold them back any longer. I decree their eyes are open to the truth. And I thank you, you're going to move in their heart just like you did those two young men. They looked up and they said, I can swim. They're going to say, I have more than enough. I have a great marriage. My children serve the Lord. I walk in healing and health. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Tired right now. Someone's, so keep your hands up. God's breaking anxiety right now over you. God's breaking anxiety and fear. God's breaking fear and anxiety. God's moving right now in your life. God's moving in your family. God's making you a bold witness to be the person that you're called to be. In the name of Jesus, you're set free. In the name of Jesus, we're set free. In the name of Jesus, we're set free. In the name of Jesus, we're going to another level. In the name of Jesus, we're going to another level. In the name of Jesus, we're going to another level. I decree it in the name of Jesus.